Welcome to Life in the Front Office. Today, I'm your host, Jake Hirschman, and I've got Daryl Dunn, CEO of the Rose Bowl Company, today with Fred Clare. And we're excited to have Daryl on as uh, Fred, you know, has a role with the Rose Bowl Company as well as I had interned back back there in, I think it was 2014-2015. And so, um, extremely excited to have Daryl on today. And uh, learn about his story and, and some of the neat things that are going on in uh, Pasadena. Thank you for having me. Really appreciate it very much. Fred, why don't you go ahead and introduce Daryl and, and kind of how you got to know Daryl and, and what that uh, has transpired into. Well, Daryl is a man who wears many hats as the CEO and general manager of the Rose Bowl Operating Company in Pasadena, home of the famed Rose Bowl, of course. And I'm looking forward to this segment because I think in attempting to help young people with an interest in the business world of sports and looking at careers, quite often students will look in terms of of teams. Uh, But with Daryl, I think what it really shows is uh, the the work that he is doing now and the various aspect of it related to a venue, the Rose Bowl, because you would think, well, it's the Rose Bowl, so it's a venue. But Daryl's role brings him into contact with the city of Pasadena with a beautiful uh, 36-hole golf course that surrounds the Rose Bowl and with uh, booking uh, and being a part of some of the major events, uh, not only in the Rose Bowl, but in sports um, history. I mean, uh, the famed uh, Rose Bowl game itself, the games with uh, UCLA, one of the uh, longtime uh, tenants of the Rose Bowl, as well as the Tournament of Roses, which puts on the Rose Bowl game. And so many events that Daryl can talk about, I mean, really – uh, legendary types of events such as the 1999 World's Cup and uh, just recently uh, about a, um, uh, a year ago uh, the Rose Bowl uh, uh, installed the first uh, statue honoring the great Jackie Robinson uh, who had played football at the Rose Bowl in Pasadena. So uh, Daryl, uh, welcome to our show. in careers in sports. Uh, thank you very, very much for, for having me. Fred, as you know, I have long admired you and I've had the pleasure of working with you and I know you over the past several years and you are a true inspiration to, to, to many of us of all your accomplishments and the way that you treat people um, and uh, everybody always willing to help anybody and everybody um, give me an encouraging word and some sound advice. So um, it's, it's certainly my pleasure to be here. Daryl, why don't you kind of take us through your career path and, and your story and really how you got to where you are today? Mm-hmm. Well, what happened with, really with me is I grew up um, I'm, I'm from the East Coast. I grew up in Connecticut and then moved uh, in Buffalo when I was a teenager and uh, went to college, a school called St. Bonaventure, because uh, my dream at the time is I wanted to be a a sports reporter. Um, and I went, you know, uh, graduated with a journalism degree there. And then I got out and I found my family had a small business and I was involved with it and it had zero to do with sports. Uh, and I sort of detoured away from the sports writer 
um, route. And, but working with the family business, I really hated it. I didn't like it at all. And I, you know, uh, I wasn't going down a good direction myself. Um, so what happened was I was in New York, sort of living there on a friend's floor, you know, in, in the city. And I was an opportunity to intern at Virginia Slim's tennis tournament. Um, and I, you know, I was, I was work, I was, I think 24 at the time. And, um, and I just, it, it didn't feel right. Felt like, I, you know, I've sort of been there, done that. I was just moving boxes and stuff around. And, um, I decided then I would just go off at night and drink too much. And it was like every day I was doing the same thing. And so I decided it's time for a change. Um, my brother uh, lived in Santa Monica. He had an extra bedroom. I called him and asked him if I could uh, use that bedroom for about three or four months until I got on my feet because I wanted to give California a try. And I still, and I wanted to see if I can do one more shot at trying to get a job because I tried hard to get a job in sports and I just couldn't get one. It was, you know, um, it was, I tried for about a year and a half and nothing. Um, so I, I came out and I was taking much better care of myself, running every day, um, exercising and, and doing the right things treating myself much better. Um, and I was continuing on my uh, numerous typed letters, sending out to the different uh, groups and teams. Um, and I sent a note to Joe, who was a public relations director for the Lakers um, and for, for California sports at the time, which was Jerry Buss, uh, when he owned the Lakers and the Kings. Uh, and I got a call back, not from Mr. Steiner, but who was a sales, sales manager. So I called and he, and he said, hey, in the summer, we'd like to increase our staff. So if you want to come, um, you, can, we have a, you can start Memorial Day. And chances are you're going to be out of here at Labor Day, uh, but you'll get work. So make it a little short. So anyway, so Gary Buss, I got a job, a summer job working for the Lakers. I was able to, yeah, I was, uh, they hired 15 people total. Uh, Labor Day, the top 10 we able to, to keep a job. We were able to stay on. I made the top 10. I sold season tickets um, and met a lot of people. I felt like I wasn't fulfilled enough. I didn't, you know, frankly, I didn't feel like I was working hard enough. Um, I got to know some folks who worked for the Raiders when they were in LA. I went to the Raiders uh, and they, at the time, the Raiders were not very progressive from a, um, uh, you know, in terms of a marketing side, um, so really their attitude was, if you win, you sell tickets and there's not much else beyond it. Um, I talked to them and convinced them to want you try a sort of a sales team. And I proposed that I would manage a sales team and we'd try to be much more outbound. Uh, so we did it um, and we were you know, pretty successful with it. The Raiders at the time were rumored to be going to Oakland and, and even Las Vegas in Sacramento. Um, so, it, so that uh, after two and a half to three years, I ended up work, I ended up uh, getting involved with World Cup when uh, Alan Rothenberg was a chair for the organizing committee. Um, and, and I sold suites and premium seats for all the venues across America, for the 94 games. Did that, good experience, it was over. I needed a job. Um, uh, and then I went out to Palm Springs because there was a new 
independent league franchise opening up called the um, and the team was called the Palm Spring Suns. I actually shared an office with Al Campana. Um, I had some great stories, and Fred was even in a few of them before I knew Fred. Um, and um, then uh, after, then what happened? The person I worked for uh, financially had, had limited uh, capabilities, and the, the paychecks bounced a little bit. And you know, I had a, a wife and a two-year-old at the time, so that wasn't going to work. Um, so I knew some folks at the Rose Bowl, particularly somebody who um, named Dave Sams, who had the job at the time of running our golf course, but also a marketing suites that they had built for the Super Bowl in 93 and the World Cup in 94. And they, were, they had a number that were vacant. I asked Dave, if, hey, can I get a, can you make a commission-only contract and I'll just sell them? And if I sell them, I, yeah, I get paid. And, the, um, and Dave didn't really like selling suites, so he said, sure. So I did. I mean, we're successful enough that about a year and a half later, they offered me a job. And I got first I did continued doing the marketing of the, the suites, but I also took care of, the, of our facility, the press box, and, and things that went along with that. Um, and then a few years later, I became assistant general manager here. And then in 99, I got to be the general manager and CEO and and it's been 20 years of uh, what really was a, a game changer for me and my family. Now, Darrow, through through that time, uh, you know, it was actually interesting. I was, I was Skyping in with a, a undergrad class at Ohio University today. Um, and one of the kids asked me, you know, how do you know if the job is right or not? And so it kind of seems like that question would be appropriate uh, for you as you were going out uh, through your career early on. How did you know which opportunity might be the right one? And I know, I know you had said at some point, you know, you spent a year and a half and you couldn't find one. So obviously the thought would be anything is the right one, but what did you maybe learn from that period of time? To be honest, there was a, a, there's always been a culture in Pasadena uh, where I think people try to do things the right way. Not that anybody else didn't, um, but it was a little more, um, you know, they, they gave me an opportunity. I think when I worked for the big clubs, I felt at the time I was fairly pigeonholed. This is what you did, and there really wasn't any opportunity. Um, but what happened when I came to Pasadena, because before Pasadena, I, was, I had like, I couldn't hold a job more than two mm -hmm. or three years. Um, it just, things just didn't work out. Um, and so my, when I first came in there, my goal was to make it five years. I wanted to get, I wanted to job for five years. And then when I came in, it's it just, the people were wanting to be helpful and they want to help you succeed. And, and you know, frankly, I felt maybe because I had more experience, I felt a bit more respected and I, um, it just clicked. Um, and like I said, Pasadena has been a, and Rose Bowl been a, a huge part of my life. And frankly, along the way is you meet people and you, you create, you know, um, admiration and people will become mentors in many ways. Uh, people like Fred, uh, there's a gentleman named Jim Stivers, who was a, 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 a saint of a person and who dedicated himself for really as a volunteer to really try to help the Rose Bowl. And people care about the Rose Bowl so much that it affects you. 
And um, I think I've instilled some of that in me and, you know, because you think about it all the time um, and what you can do to try to make it better and try to help set it up and for success. So it, it just, it's a, you know, it just clicks. Yeah. Fred, can you speak a little bit to kind well, of your client, your role hey, at the Rose Bowl and what you do? I, first of all, I'd just like to say this because the question that you receive from a student, um, how do you know it's the right job? I, I think Daryl's description really it fits a, a lesson book. And, and Daryl, uh, I, I appreciate you really being candid because I think it's helpful. Because the one thing that Daryl has done because of his love for sports is that he stayed in sports, whether it was uh, uh, moving boxes with the Virginia Slims or whether it was in the uh, boiler room of the Lakers or working for the uh, Raiders or being in Palm Springs baseball where the check bounced. That, 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 there's two parts of that. Uh, and I know Daryl to know this. He wanted to stay in sports. But the other thing that I think is critically important uh, in Daryl's case, he needed a job. He's very candid about that. And all of us who have to support, support ourselves. But the other key part of it, I think, uh, Jake, and Daryl knows this full well, and students need to understand this. The best way to find a job is to have a job. I don't know how many students I've interviewed, too many, who said, I'm waiting for the right job. And I say, go get a job. And I think uh, students can learn from Daryl's path. And um, so I think that's, uh, I, I think that's really uh, an important point to understand because someone coming out of college or getting into an internship doesn't feel like the right job. It doesn't feel usually like you're doing enough, accomplishing enough, have enough room to grow, but you have to stay dedicated to it. But to your uh, question, Jake, and point, uh, I've been fortunate to serve on the board of the Rose Bowl Operating Company, and um, are the and uh, we have a wonderful board in uh, Pasadena. I'm, I'm so proud to be a part uh, because of the quality of the people involved. And members of that board include our two major tenants, uh, UCLA, represented by Bill Cormier, and the Tournament of Roses, represented by Alex Agajanian. But what, what really uh, is interesting uh, as far as uh, being a part of what Daryl does is the, the, the vast uh, areas that have to be dealt with. And one of the things that Daryl has spearheaded or been there as the CEO and general manager is the largest improvement project in the history of the famed Rose Bowl. Uh, with significant long-term capital uh, improvements. And uh, so when you really look at it, what Daryl has to do is to deal with marketing, to have to deal with finance, has to deal with community relations, has to do with tournament operations. And I think that, uh, and venues, and Daryl can speak to this, are changing drastically, growing dramatically, and and hiring more people, very frankly. 
and there are a lot of opportunities uh, in the venues and the Rose Bowl uh, indeed um, has uh, started a uh, has had ongoing an intern program, Jake, as you know, you were part of that, but really formalizing that uh, into a more defined program. And Daryl can also speak to some of the people who've gone on to careers. We had a tape that was shown the other night at one of our meetings. have gone on to careers in sports because they were interns at the Rose Bowl. Yeah, I mean, some of the people that I got to meet and work with when I was there was just an incredible experience. And you know, when I was at the University of Redlands, I was making the hour and a half, two hour drive each way just to, to get there for the game. And, but it was all worth it because, uh, you know, I think back to my time, I, uh, Daryl will laugh, but Angelo Mazzone, I think I, I talked about him a, a little bit on one of our uh, episodes prior uh, in the year, but you know, he, he and I would, would have a conversation for 20 minutes almost every single game, you know, when, when something wasn't going on and uh, he'd sneak me some food and that sort of thing. So it was like, it was getting to know, you know, people that uh, you know, Angelo, Angelo runs prime sport hospitality and, and getting to just learn from someone like that was, was uh, something you, you know, you can't get anywhere else. Um, Daryl, what is, what is the internship program done for you guys? And, and I guess, what have you learned from, putting that all together uh, from an operational standpoint? It's one of our things, one of the items I think we're most proud of because what it does is, you know, we'll come in here, we probably have, let's say, let's say four to six interns at any given time, maybe more during our, during our football season. And, but, you know, it's the energy um, and Jake, you're an example. I mean, you, you drive a couple hours a day to, to come here and you know, you're certainly not making a lot of money when you're an intern, uh, if, if any, um, but you're going in to, to get a shot and to see the, you know, um, really the desire and the effort. And also, frankly, you, you know, I, I learned from interns. Um, they, they're just, you know, they, interns, they don't know, no, um, they're too young too. And you go in and it's just really been a, a breath of fresh air. Um, and as Fred said, numerous interns have gone on and, and gotten jobs either here or elsewhere in sports. And it's something we're really proud of, that we were able to you know, provide some experience for people. And, and we got a lot out of it too, because like I said, they're innovative and they're, they, do, they, they do some jobs that maybe some others may not want to but they do it with smile in majority of the time. They're just thankful for the opportunity. Oh, absolutely. You talked about the people and the culture and Fred alluded to it earlier, but as you look to bring on someone new for whatever role it might be uh, from a culture standpoint, what is something you look for in people that, you know, either they have naturally or they can develop as they go throughout their young career? Really it's, more, it's, I think it's the hard work ethic. Because if you're working in sports, you're working a lot, and it's and that's just a commitment you have to make. If you want to be successful, you're gonna you have to put in the time. But also, some people who we're gonna make us better. It's all about making us better, and you can tell um, the people who come in. You know, even though you know there's a, a lot of interns, sometimes people just sort of stand out and 
you know, um, you know, we have obviously, you know, that kind of hard work ethic and opportunity need to meet and timing is critical for anything. But, you know, we, we have one young man now who, who we just um, getting, got a job for. Uh, he left college two years ago and he decided one more shot, he was going to intern. So he interned, you know, and he was, he was a star. And then he was about ready to get a job with a different team in town. And we found out about, and we knew about it. And there was a meeting and we both basically all said to each other, we, he's going to make his, he is so good. We really, we can't lose him. So then an opportunity happened to create it, be created. And, and now he's got a job out of it. Um, and, and the guy's a, he's a rock star. So it, it does happen. Um, and we're very, very fortunate that we've had uh, a number of people such as yourself who've been here and who make us better. And we're always going to get better. Fred, any, anything to comment there? Well, I think uh, a couple of things, uh, Jens. As I say, uh, and Daryl knows full well, he's been the leader of it. The changes in venues is dramatic. Uh, Dodger Stadium, uh, and what is actually kind of ahead of its time in many ways, but what I was going to say is that the main schedule was um, 81 home dates a year. And so we looked at that and knew that we needed to do what we could to bring in additional revenue and had concerts and a number of events and boxing and other things. But that has been far surpassed as time has gone on uh, in terms of venues. If, if, if UCLA or if the Rose Bowl had to rely just on its tenants, we'd have about nine dates a year. We'd have uh, eight, eight UCLA games and a, and a Rose Bowl game. That doesn't do it. But what I want to say there is the opportunity, and Daryl can speak to this. We've brought in, as Daryl's lieutenants, um, three people uh, in recent years, a um, fellow from the uh, Giants, uh, Jens, a fellow from uh, came out of Long Beach State, Deedon, who heads uh, the helps with the legacy program, and uh, George Cunningham, who's our stadium operations. And what that really shows me, that's all happened within the last, what, Daryl, three, four years. And these people have had a chance to advance in the very strong uh, positions, but the, the part of it that, that is really so uh, satisfying to see is they have, there's been a direct link to increasing revenue for the Rose Bowl. They're not, they haven't been just hires. They have been people who are making a difference uh, for the Rose Bowl. And Daryl in, uh, uh, has mentioned that I think the biggest part of this, uh, Jake, too, is that when someone comes in, he has to be a part of the team. The, the Rose Bowl isn't going to succeed without a team effort. The Dodgers aren't going to succeed without a team effort. And the O'Malley uh, ownership always recognized that. And, uh, and you, you have to, uh, as someone who's the leader you have to uh, allow that to happen and have a philosophy that enables that to happen. Um, but Daryl, I think you can speak to uh, the changes in the Rose Bowl itself uh, in the roles that have been uh, assumed by some of our uh, very bright young additions. 
No, I mean, absolutely. You know, those three individuals are, are great examples. As I said, we always want to get better. Fred actually was uh, encouraged me early on because um, my background really is revenue oriented. And I pride myself on, you know, trying to increase revenue and doing deals and so forth. If what happened as we do in construction, other things, I would get myself more and more spread out. And we needed somebody to think about, you know, growing revenue 24 seven. Um, so uh, years ago, Fred introduced me to a gentleman named Pat Gallagher, who was a, a, a you know, with the Giants, a legend. He really, he started Giants Enterprises, which could be an episode in itself about the success organization attained and I uh, got to know Pat well we actually consulted he had consulted with us to show us how they were successful to help us develop a, a pathway for ourselves and we, when we, we opened up the, that position we ended up um, call, I called Pat I'm like who do you know so he introduced us to Jens and um, and he's done remarkably well uh, Deedon Brazino we have a foundation called Roseboro Legacy Foundation and what this is a civic philanthropic organization, which is primary objective is to raise uh, funds for capital improvements for the Rose Bowl. Essentially, we're a college football stadium, but we don't have any alumni. These are our alumni. We created it. And to date, in five years, he's raised over $32 million wow. to support the, support the Rose Bowl. And it's, growing, and it's growing and getting better every day. So, um, you know, that's, those are two prime examples. George is our, our COO and operationally he is our backbone. And really what he's done is Kenley, he, he enables me not really to worry that much about the operations because we have somebody so strong, um, just, uh, just working as our, as our, as our backbone, making sure it all, everything goes as it needs to. And I think the commonality between those three is they both care so much. And they, you know, they truly do. And I think that's part of the culture that does exist here that I'm very, very proud of. And so we're very, very fortunate on, on uh, the fact that we have built a great team. And I feel like the team's getting better every day. Daryl, how do you prepare your team for, you know, new and different events as, as such? When I was there, I would think it was the first ever college football playoff game. So no one really knew what to expect a little bit, right? And, and it was something new for the entire country to see. How do you prepare your, your staff in that sense um, to be, you know, ready for whatever's thrown at them? You know, they're so professional. And as I said, you know, they, they care so much. Um, and we have one of the best turf superintendents or ground, groundskeeper, maybe a more common term, in the country, in a gentleman named Will Schnell. And Will is, um, he started out, he, he grew up as a, as a farmer in Missouri, and he, then he worked in minor league baseball, ended up working for the Dodgers as a number two or number three. And then um, the previous groundskeeper we had retired, and then we gave Will an opportunity um, but he, he can't, but he's so dedicated and so prepared in grass is both taking care of grass is a science and an art. And what happened is in, I think it was in, in 2010, we had a Rose Bowl game and then five days later we had a championship game. So it was a double host 
Um, and one thing about the Rose Bowl game more than anything else is it, the brand of it is so important. And a big part of the brand mm-hmm. is the field. And we view the field as a stage where the athletes perform. And it needs to be great from a performance perspective, but also it needs to be, you need to pop out. It needs to just blow you away. So what Will did, is he, he, the year before, we went down to Miami because they had the same experience. They had an Orange Bowl game, and they had a, um, you know, five days later, they had a championship game, and their field wasn't that great. Uh, but he went in, and he just studied and looked and identified, and he came, and he said, he's the first time, I want to put a new field in between the Rose Bowl game and the championship <laughs> game. Like, like, Will, you only have five days. He goes, I want to put it on top of it. And so then he went in and he explained how he would do it. And he, you know, um, he, you know, whatever, he felt very, very confident about it. And then it worked out for our sake that during the year we had a concert, U2, uh, which was in October and then we had, it wasn't five days, it was about a 10-day break between U2 and a UCLA football game. So he said, I want to try it there first. If, and if it doesn't work, and or if we have bad weather, because if it's wet, it wouldn't have worked either between the Rose Bowl game and the championship game, then our plan B is we'll just use the existing field. But I think we can do it. So he tried it. It worked. He learned a few things. The weather cooperated. And it was, and the field was immaculate. And so much to the point that the next year, they tried it in Phoenix, and the field was terrible. Literally, well over a year preparing for the opportunity that happened in, in 2010. But that kind of commitment, also, when people when, he, when people do that, it's contagious. It rubs off throughout the organization. And, and that's what's happened here uh, that I'm so proud of. It's like one after the other. It's so, you know, I, I work a lot. I'm rarely in any later than seven in the morning. I'm rarely out any earlier than seven in the evening. I am never the first one here, and I'm never the last one here, ever. Well, and Fred, I, I, I think you have a comment on that in terms of showing up early and, and leaving late and, and kind of your, your philosophy on that. I, I feel I can feel it through the, the phone that you want to say something about that. Well, you know, I always used to say that um, one of the uh, first car or cars in the uh, parking lot at Dodger Stadium uh, belonged to uh, Walter and Peter O'Malley and what happens is that from the top, you know, you, you set and establish uh, the philosophy. You don't have to say it. You don't have to tell someone we want you here early. You, you simply have to be around people who have the dedication and it perpetuates itself. I, I was very blessed when I joined the Dodgers as a relatively young guy. And uh, Daryl mentioned Al Campanis and a legendary vice president of public relations, Red Patterson, and Bill Schweppe, our farm director. The the, the commitment of these people was absolutely astounding. And when you talk about baseball, Jake, as you know, and Daryl knows, you're talking about a homestand that may run 7, 10, 11, 12 days 
where you're there uh, at or before nine o'clock in the morning and you're walking down to there at midnight and you do it the next day and the next day and the next day. And, and that obviously requires a, a great passion, but the, the tone is set uh, by the people at the top. And then the other thing that takes place is that uh, the, that leadership uh, recognizes the effort and then um, treats its employees uh, as well as a company possibly can. And they used to refer to the Dodgers and Vin Scully would do this as a family. Well, it was never a family. It was always a business. But the term came from the way that the O'Malley ownership cared about the people who were putting forth such great effort. And that exists at the Rose Bowl in terms of the things they do and the things that uh, Daryl and others try to do for the staff is to reward all of this hard work that goes into the effort. Well, and to your to your point, Fred, I mean, uh, I think some of the concerts the Rose Bowl had hosted, Daryl, weren't they back to back nights or we even had I think One Direction was almost three nights in a row, something like that. So you have people that are, you know, working 72 hours. Um, you know, potentially with only a couple hours of sleep in total, right? I mean, it's 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 kind of the same deal, but how do you be prepared for that? Uh, to to Daryl's point, you know, multiple months ahead, not just a couple of days. Yeah, no, it's, 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 as Fred said, it's it's the culture uh, and really that's created within the organization, and then it's just the the passion um, that hopefully you have within your within your team and. At the Roseville, we're very, very, very fortunate uh, that we have many, many people who care that much about just doing a great job and making the Roseville proud. Daryl, what's as we kind of wrap up the episode, what's one thing maybe you wish you knew when you had started that you now know then? Um, your your goal of, of keeping a job for five years obviously has turned into 20 at the Rose Bowl and, and many, many more. But what's something that you think young professionals should know um, that, that you've learned throughout your career? I, I'd say really it's just that no matter where you are or when it is, there's always ways to improve and get better. And even if you're a situation where you're one of 20 people, um, there will be ways and you will have an opportunity to shine. Uh, um, but candidly, you have to outwork people and show those who are in the leadership position in the organization that you will make a difference. But having some interpersonal skills, I think is critical. One of the best things actually we did when I was going for this job, you know, and, and the opportunity was available, I knew my uh, predecessor was retiring and they were going to do a national search. I knew part of this position was it's a very public role. And I really didn't enjoy public speaking all that much. So I went in and I, at first I hired somebody to help me with it. It was like a personal coach. And he told me, you need to join Toastmasters. So I did. And for about two years, we actually started a Toastmasters program at the Rose Bowl, the Rose Bowl Toastmasters. Oh, wow. And we met... And, you know, I was a, the president of chapter or whatever. Um, but I was fortunate enough to realize 
that's going to be an important part of this job and I needed to improve and get better. So, you, you know, if anything, always look yourself in the mirror, try to, you know, be honest with yourself and try to, because you're always going to get better. What can you do to get better? Uh, and I think, um, you know, public speaking was something that I knew I needed to improve on. And unfortunately that I, I did. Um, but if I had to do it all over again, I don't know if I would necessarily do anything different. I don't know if I would have went to Palm Springs. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, although spending time with Al Campanis was um, certainly uh, one, of the, one of the great, uh, some great moments of, of, of my life. Uh, he had some wonderful stories. But it's, it's been a, a great, great ride, and it's a lot of fun. Fred, Fred, anything that, uh, you know, as you listen to Daryl talk about um, the public speaking aspect of things that you would uh, comment on that? Well, Jake, you've heard me say this before, but I believe it's worth repeating. There is a scouting report on each of us. It's being written every single day. And Daryl referred to a young man uh, who had an opportunity, and Daryl and the people at the Rose Bowl didn't want to lose him. Why? Why, why was that? And there's a reason. Daryl used the term rock star, but if we had the time to talk about it, I'm sure we would be talking about incredible work, work ethic and results. So no matter what position you have, you had better be aware that people are watching, your fellow workers, your supervisors, everything you do, everything you say, every action you take, uh, that, that is noted. You may not think it is, but it is. And that's why it's so important that that scouting report reflects that you are as good as you can be, whatever that level is. Uh, but giving your best, uh, you never fall short of being the best you can be. So I think that's critically important. That indeed has been a part of Daryl's advancement uh, in terms of the, the opportunities that he's had um, with the Rose Bowl. And it's something that um, uh, all of us and certainly young people need to understand as they launch and uh, continue with their careers. No, absolutely. And I, I will finish up with one last uh, question for Daryl is, you know, you mentioned how much you work and, and we, we listened to your career path and story, but what's maybe one thing that uh, Daryl Dunn loves to do outside of work and, and something that makes you who you are? Well, I root pretty hard for the Boston Red Sox. I got to tell you that. <laughs> it's been a good decade for that, huh? All right. No, for, for, no that absolutely has. And um, but I do have, I still have that passion, which I do enjoy. But of course, spending time with my family. Well, now that my kids are out of the house, um, you know, not as much as I as I wish. Um, and uh, you know, dogs are sort of take the place of the kids. <laughs> so uh, you know, spending time with, with with dogs and rooting the Red Sox on. And being with my wife or our fire. Right up awesome. there for me. Well, we really appreciate having you on today and, and thank you again for your time. 
Uh, we, we enjoyed the insights and advice you shared and um, certainly look forward to our, uh, our next visit, uh, hopefully out in Pasadena at some point in the near future. And um, we look to, to have you on uh, again and, and perhaps some of your colleagues with you as well. And um, Fred, we always appreciate your time and uh, appreciate the stories and, and uh, the words of wisdom as well. Um, looking forward to next week's episode. Uh, as a surprise guest, we'll, we'll see what that brings, but um, looking forward to continuing life in the front office into February and uh, appreciate it again. Thanks, Daryl. And subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts and share it with your colleagues and friends. And we'll look forward to tuning in next time. Thanks. Thank you, Jake. Thank you, Fred. Thanks, guys.